0: All right, go ahead and take your Bibles this morning. Go to the book of Jeremiah. Oh, good catch. Good catch. Jeremiah chapter 6. I'm going to read what our theme verse is uh, in this passage, but I'm going to read some of the verses uh, before it and a few after it also. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 10 says, "...to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hear. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it." You know, there's a lot of people these days, they don't like what the Bible has to say. And that's all there is to it. They don't like it. They don't like what it says. And it was like that back here in this time. And it says verse 11, "...therefore I am full of the fury of the Lord." I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others which with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out My hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, every one is given to covetousness and from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of My people, slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down saith the Lord. I believe we're living in a day today where people, they can't even blush anymore. Things that people should be embarrassed about today, are they're celebrating that fact. And uh, it was like that in this time too. And then we get to our theme, verse, verse 16. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. But ye, and, but And ye shall find... Rest for your souls, but they said, "We will not walk therein." Also, I set a watchman over you, saying, Hark to the sound of the trumpet," but they said, "We will not hearken." I want you to notice the cry that God gives to Israel during this time. He tells them, "I need you to ask for the old paths." They were involved in wickedness. The ways that they were going were not the ways that God had given them, and they were they were at a point where they should have been embarrassed. But the Bible says they weren't embarrassed; they they couldn't even blush. And he tells them, "You need to ask for the old paths." And God said, "This this is the good way; you'll find rest for your souls." But they said, "We're not going to walk therein." He they said he, he set up a watchman to sound the trumpet. So we're not going to hearken; we're not going to listen. I believe today that we're our, our nation is in this same kind of shape. We're living in a day and age where people are involved in wickedness that they ought to be ashamed of, but they're not ashamed of it one bit. And I believe you know, we've got the Word of God and we've got churches and there's preachers and people out there proclaiming the Word of God saying you need to ask for the old paths. We need to stick to what the, the ways of God. But they're saying, no, we're not going to. We're not going to listen. They look at it as a reproach. We live in a society where our, uh, you know, the government, they've taken the Bible out of the Christian school. You can get in more trouble with a Bible in your school today than with a book on witchcraft. And it's ridiculous. They look at the Word of God as a reproach. And I can see why a lot of people in our government don't like the Bible because it kind of exposes a lot of things that they're doing. The Bible does expose evil. But they do. They look at... Like the Bibles a reproach, like Christian, like they're the problem. God's people are the problems, and they, God makes a statement here. He says to ask for the old paths. And today I want I want us to, and for the next several weeks, that's going to kind of be our theme on that asking for the old paths. And so, what is that? What is the old paths? Because I think everybody, you know, I you know they they try to claim this verse, and there's probably a lot of different ways to define what the old paths are. But I think the Basically, the way to define what the old paths are is basically it was the way that God originally gave them. For the children of Israel during this time when He said ask for the old paths, He was talking about that Old Testament law. Hey, that law that I originally gave you, He's telling the children of Israel, it was good. That was the good way. You'd find rest for your souls if you would follow that. God didn't need to change it. What he originally gave them was good. And there's many things that we could talk about when it comes to asking for the old past. But specifically today, I want to focus on one thing that I think we need to ask for. And I think we need to not just ask for the old past, but I think we need to ask for the old book. We need to ask for the old book. What are the old paths? Well, they're basically, this is the old past. What's in this book... That is the old paths. That's what God wants for us. That's what God says. I, I uh, there was an individual not too long ago that visited church here a few times, and he was kind of criticizing the old hymns. He was talking about the old hymns. My grandma sang those hymns. That was supposed to be an insult to me. I kind of took it as a compliment, but it was supposed to be an insult. And I asked I "said Well, if you don't like the hymns because they're old, I said, what do you think about the Bible?" So that's really old. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I'm okay with it as long as you know, it's not one with all the these and nows in it, as long as they've you know, updated it, updated the language and stuff. I can't even understand that old one. And you know, I'm here today to say, that I think we need to ask for the old book. This old King James Bible is what we need. And I want to show you some things from the scriptures. From this King James Bible itself that tells us we don 't need to change it, we don 't need to update it, and then i 'm going to even share some things from the other Bibles that I think prove that what the, all these new versions and things that are coming out is not doing a us a bit of good. you know I really wish I had about three hours right now to preach to you, and I guess if you 'll want me to, but but no i won 't do that. i, I won 't do that to you, but I wanted to spend a little bit of time to just show you that what we have here today, this King James Bible this is this is the Word of God this is what we need and the reason things are going as crazy as they are today not just in the world but in churches today is because we've gotten away from this book and I hope you'll I hope you'll see why but first of all let's look at Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 and nine people they, they're constantly saying we need to update these things you know this this old Christianity or you know this old stuff I at, at work they play. Uh, some pretty horrific music over the speakers. And there was a song that they were playing it every single day. Every day this song would come on. And it was all about a guy, you know, basically... It was a song basically promoting gay marriage. And in the words of this song, you know, you hear a song every day. You start to learn the words. And unfortunately, uh, I was, you know, picking up on some of these words. But he in this song, he was talking about what the people in his church used to say from a book that was, you know, written over three thousand years ago. Like that just discredits it. I mean, and the truth is, if it was true back then, it's true today. Okay? Truth doesn't change over time. It doesn't need updated. Truth is truth. God gave us his word. And people do have oh well, that was yeah, that was written two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago. Well that doesn't make it wrong. I think the very fact that it's lasted through the centuries and the millennium says a lot right there. And we'll see why it did that too. That was no accident and it was no small miracle that took, that, that happened. But first of all, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And then the next verse, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them, that have been occupied therein. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ does not change. And so he tells don't be carried away with divers doctrines. You know, any, all these new religions popping up. Okay, that ought to cause us to scratch our right? head a little bit. Wait a minute. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, if this is new, there must be something wrong with it. You've probably heard the saying before, if it's true, or if it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. And these people, they're always wanting something new. You know, something revolutionary. You know, something groundbreaking. listen. We have the truth right here. Why would we change it? I had a fellow one time, a Christian fellow, that was like, "You, know, why do you still use that King James Bible? Why, you know, why are you Baptist so King James?" And I said, "If you have the truth, why would you let go of it? Why 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 do that? You can't improve. I was like, "Was like, we believe our Bible is perfect. Why would you Try to get rid of something that's perfect. Why would you fix something that's not broken? And Jesus Christ, He's the same yesterday, today, forever. We don't need to change anything. Have you ever noticed when it comes to Jesus, I mean, just the way He's portrayed is a lot of times different based on the time era. For example, I mean, a lot of the images that we have of Jesus Christ are... He looks a lot like a European from... You know, maybe 15s and 1600s. Why? Because all those painters that painted Jesus to look like that were European, that made him to look like one of them, basically. And nowadays, and I hate this. Nowadays, you know what Jesus is usually portrayed at the way he on TV shows, the way he acts, the way he talks. You'd think you're, you think he was a hippie from the 60s. And you know why? Because a lot of the Jesus movies started getting big around the sixties and seventies, and they made him this long haired, you know, peace love greasy hair, you know, hippie guy. And it's just—it's disgusting. He was not like that. He was not feminine one bit. He was—he was manly. He was strong. I—I I, I, but. People are always trying to, you know, oh, we got to give him an update. You know, he's not cool anymore. You know, we've got to, uh, and who knows what the next thing will be. And, you know, I think most, pretty much all of the movies are just flat out blasphemy the way they portray Jesus Christ. And by the way, if they ever dared try making a movie about Muhammad, they, there would be bloodshed like you wouldn't believe. And you know what? Hollywood wouldn't even try it. They're not going to insult, you know, Muslims. But boy, they insult us. By the way, they portray Jesus all the time. But Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word, it does not change. The word of God will never change, it will never pass away. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Mark chapter 13, verse 31, Luke 21, verse 33, all say the exact same thing Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Three times it says that it's all talking about the same time, but three times we see in our Bible that God's words will never pass away. God's word has always been around. The word of God has always been. Go to Revelation chapter thirteen. Now, this here, we're going to get get into something here that maybe this might get a little confusing and it might get a little mind boggling. But let me tell you, we're talking about the word of God here. We're not talking about man's words. We're talking about the word of God. So it shouldn't be that difficult for us to accept, even though we might not totally understand it. But it says in Revelation 13, verse 8, it says, "...and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world." Notice how it says Jesus Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Talking about from the beginning. Now, when did Jesus Christ, was, was He slain? Was he slain at the beginning of time, or was he slain two thousand years ago? But here it says he was slain from the foundation of the world. First Peter chapter one verse eighteen says, "For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers." But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now, try to grasp this here, okay? All right? I'm not even going to tell you I've totally gotten this, but I'm going, to, I'm going to try to explain something to you here. The Word of God, it has always been. Before time began, the word of God was there, Alright? This, this word of God, you say, how can that be? You know, I mean, but it was, you know, it it was you no, know, it came kind of over time. No, it, parts of it was revealed over time to us. God gave Moses the first five books of the Bible, you know, and later He gave the New Testament. Parts of it were revealed later, but the word of God was around from the beginning. God had a plan. From the beginning, God knew when He created this world that Adam and Eve were going to sin. He knew that mankind was going to fall. He knew that He was going to have to son, send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die. God knew what was going to happen. You see, when God looks at something, you know, try to picture this too. You know, imagine. Let's say that we had. You know, we see things kind of, uh, you know, in one direction in time. Okay, forward. You know, we see things one second. At a time, I guess you could say. But you know, picture if we had, you know, up here across the front, we had a timeline from the creation to the new heavens and the new earth. Okay? And you know, and we're going to look at that. We're going to kind of look at it from the beginning. Where God, He sees it all at once. See what I'm saying? He sees it all at once. He knows, He's always known what was going to happen. And His Word, it has been around since the beginning of time. He just revealed parts of it to us as we went along. But the Word of God, it's an eternal Word. It will never pass. It has always been and it always will be. Why? Because it's the Word of God. Okay, This isn't just... You know, this isn't the adventures of Tom Sawyer we're talking about here, right? There are some other literary classic. This is the Word of God. And God has always had a plan. That plan has never changed. Psalms 119, uh, verse 89 says, "...Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven." It was settled in Psalms when that was written. And it was, even though it hadn't all been written down for us yet, even though it hadn't all been revealed to us yet, I mean, from the time that God said, let there be light, God knew there was going to be a Revelation Twenty two, twenty one 21 that says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God knew about it from the beginning. The Bible says in John chapter 1-1, one, verse one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. This book is all about Jesus Christ. It's, it's His story from the beginning to the end. And... So, can we comprehend it all? No, did I just get y'all more confused? Probably? I, 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 it boggles my own mind thinking about it sometimes, but I'm here to say that this is not just a book written by a bunch of men. This is the Word of God. and the way he got it to us, it was a miracle. It was a miraculous thing. The word God and God promised that He would preserve His Word. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That's talking about the written Word. God promised He was going to preserve them. And my question to people who say that no, the Word of God is full of mistakes, it's full of errors. If it's got a mistake in it, then it's not the Word of God. If there's errors in it, if it's wrong, it can't be the Word of God. And my question to these people is, if it's not this King James Bible, will you please tell me what it is? Can you please tell me where I can find it? Can you please tell me where I can get one? Because the Bible says that God promised to preserve it from this generation forever. There There has always been a Word of God for people to get a hold of. And I believe for us, for the English-speaking people today, it is this King James Bible. And if you think it's something else, I, I, I'd like to find out what you think it is. But you say, and people say, well, you know, they'll, they'll say that the Bible has mistakes. In it. They'll say, basically saying that we don't have the Word of God. But then they'll say, well, there's really no major differences between all the other versions. They're basically all saying the same thing. But at the same time, let's look at the fruit of all these new Bibles that have come along, I, it really got big, you know. in the, In the last century is when all these new versions started popping up, and really causing a lot of problems. But the fruit, really, it's caused nothing but confusion. And you know, First Corinthians fourteen verse thirty three says. God is not the author of confusion. And I'm telling you, every time a new Bible comes out, it just makes things more confusing for people. How is it? You see, now there's no longer a final authority with most religions and individuals. Did you know if you went back just 50 years ago probably, or you know, farther back, I mean, yeah, just 50 years ago, there was huge differences between most religions. I mean, the Baptists, Methodists... Presbyterians uh you could go you can go to pretty much any of these places and you're going to hear the word of God you're going to hear the plan of salvation you're going to hear most of the major doctrines being taught and we've always had some differences and things that we like to fight about when we do that as people but for the most part they weren't that different now though you can pick pretty much any religion and there's no telling what you're in for when you go to that place I've been in Baptist churches before where I was like where am I at? This is, this is a Baptist church. And you know what? In every case where I've been blown away by that, they've not been using the same Bible. And what's happened, we've taken away final authority. See, the reason religions used to be pretty close to the same is because they were all using the same book. Because honestly, there's things that are being taught that it's really hard to get out of this Bible. For, I've said this before, I've never met a Calvinist who believes that we have the Word of God that uses the King James Bible. It's hard to get Calvinism, very hard, from this King James Bible. It's going to be very difficult. So you know what they do? Well, fine, I'll go with another one. Well, that's your interpretation. That's your version. And you know, they've done that. We're doing that all the time. You know, we say, you know, look, the Bible says this. Well, that's what your Bible says. It's not my Bible. It's supposed to be God's Word. But now it's all about your know, my Bible versus your Bible, which has made it now more about opinion. It's more about opinion. Psalms chapter twelve, uh, verse six says, or uh, Psalms chapter twelve, verse one. This is right before uh, the verses that we read about God promising to preserve His word. It says, "Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful." fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity. Every one with his neighbor with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things who have said with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? That's basically where we're at today. Whatever you think God is, whatever you think truth is, that's truth. Basically, You know, how you feel about it. As long as we're all sincere, with our lips we will prevail. So if we say it louder, or if we can get more people to say there's more ways to heaven than just Jesus Christ, then that makes it true? No, the Bible says let God be true. And every man, a liar. But people today, they have no final authority they can go to because, well, if this Bible has mistakes in it, well, then if I don't like something in there like love your enemy, maybe that was a mistake. You know, I can probably find a Bible out there that will give me. You know, why don't I just make one up? I'm going to do one that says "Punch your enemy." All right? I found a manuscript that had it in there like that. Okay, we're not allowed. Uh, you know, you don't. You're not supposed to do that. But that people's opinions now are the final authority in pretty much everything. And I think since all would agree that one person's opinion is just as good as another person's, then we should all just respect each other's opinions and we can all be right. Don't you dare say anything against any other religion. Who are you to say that they're wrong and you're right? I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying the Word of God says. okay. And if I'm right... It just, it's only because what I'm saying agrees with the Word of God. And But if there's no final authority, you can't do that. And that's basically, you can, you can almost never get anybody to admit on their final authority. You've got all these people, these so-called scholars and stuff that will tell you, well, in the original Greek, it actually said this. And if you study that word, it actually means something else. Okay, so your Greek dictionary is your final authority then. I didn't read anywhere where the Bible says that he would, God promised to preserve a dictionary. I've never found that verse anywhere, but yet people will use their dictionary as a final authority. God promised He would preserve His Word. And people do. They just try to use that. And I'm telling you, for, for years, the Catholic Church, for example, they fought getting this Bible translated in English. Why? Because they liked doing Latin. That nobody understood Why did they like doing the Latin that nobody understood? Because if I want you to give our church money, then I can say, well, it says blah, blah, blah. Well, what does that mean? That means if you want to get your parents out of purgatory, you better give some money to the church. And that's exactly what they did for years. And thank God there were people in there that saw through that. That, were, that knew those languages found out what the Bible was really saying and they got it translated into English so the common person would know what the Bible says and if a preacher says to them you have to do this if you want to stay out of hell they'd say wait a minute the Bible says something completely different and it took away a lot of power from these people that were, that were misusing their positions and lying to people and once again though They've, we've taken away that final authority and now it's just more about opinions. But I, and uh, I believe there's people that are truly seeking the truth, that want to know. And people are saying things like, "You know, well, all these Bibles, they're all, they're all basically the same. Well, I want to give you some examples. all right? And there are so many examples I can give you. But the, the NIV Bible, that's one of the most popular uh, Bibles that are being used today. And in the NIV, I, I forgot how, there's verses that are just completely gone. They're not there. One, for example, uh, it's completely removed. This one also is in the Jehovah's Witnesses Bible where it says, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Talking about hell. It takes that out. Why? Well, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't believe in hell for one reason. So I can see why they wouldn't like that verse. But why did the NIV take it out? Two times. It takes that verse out where it says, where their worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. Uh, also Acts 8:37, I was at a Baptist church that preached that baptism is what gets you to heaven. And the guy got up there in his NIV Bible, and he, he read Acts 8:36, where the 8:36 where the Eunuch said, "See here is water, What doth hinder me to be baptized? And this verse is not in the NIV. It goes verse 36 to verse 38. It says uh, the, the verse they took out, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, so you've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. You've got to be saved to get baptized. But if you read the NIV Bible, it says, What doth enemy me to be baptized? Verse 38, and straightway, you know, they stopped the chariot, and he went and was baptized. Why do they leave that verse out? It hurts their, it hurts their doctrine. Why did they take it out? 1 John 5, 7. This one is not in the NIV Bible. It's also removed uh, from the Jehovah's Witness Bible. If you ever have a Jehovah's Witness come to your house, knocking on your door. If you allow them to talk to you, one of the first things that they will do is try to tell you that there is no Trinity. That, there, that God the Father, God the Son, the three being one, they deny that. They do not believe that Jesus Christ was God. They do not believe in the Holy Spirit. That is one of the first things they will try to teach you uh, is that there is no Trinity. And First John 5 7 says, For there are three, uh, or the NIV says, for there are three that testify. And then in the uh, Jehovah's Witness Bible says, For there are three witness bearers. And but the Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. See you. See is that the same? No, it's different. Okay, and if it's different, it can't be the same. And therefore, it's not. These aren't the word of God. And the word of God clearly says multiple times. It talks. I mean, I mean, this is a key verse proving the Trinity: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Who is the Word? Well, John told us in John chapter one verse one. Or John chapter 1 That the word was Jesus Christ Jesus Christ God the Father God the Holy Ghost They're all one This is one of the greatest verses Testifying of the Trinity And the Jehovah's Witnesses In the Bible The NIV Bible Has left it out Why? Because they're not the same Another Bible too That this one's really dangerous The New King James Oh well Okay, you know, that was okay. You know, King James, New King James. Okay, they just they took out the these and nows, changed things a little bit. Did you know the New King James Bible, it removes the word Lord 66 times. It removes God 51 times. Removes heaven 50 times. Repent. I know that's a terrible word to use these days. And we don't want to tell anybody to repent of their sins. 44 times the word repent is moved from the New King James Bible. The blood... But the Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't like to talk about that when they eat the blood. 23 times the blood is removed. Hell that fewer and fewer people and fewer and fewer religions are talking about and believing in. It's been removed 22 times. 22 times. Maybe that's why less people believe in hell today. Maybe because they're using some of these Bibles. It completely removes Jehovah. It completely removes the word damnation. You can't find it anywhere. It completely removes the, the term New Testament. It completely removes the term devils. Not there. Therefore, I think it's safe to say, not the same. It's not saying the same thing. We, we do not tamper with the Word of God. That would be terrible if I were to write a letter to somebody. And maybe I asked you to pen it for me. And you're like, you know what? I don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't think what he said was right. I'm going to change it. If you did that, would it be my words? Or would it be your words? You know why? It was men that wrote, that penned the words that we have in this book right here. But it was God that told them what to write. Therefore, it wasn't their words. It was God's words. It wasn't them writing their opinions. That's why this is the Word of God. And so for somebody to go and take it and to change it, it no longer is God's Word. It's man's Word. Which is also why the King James Bible is the only Bible that does not have a copyright on it. The Supreme Court, they they ruled you cannot copyright the Word of God. However, every other version, they all have copyrights on them. Why? Because they're owned by men. By companies. The actual individual who owns the NIV owns some pretty big uh, pornography companies too. It's an individual. you don't care. It's a business that owns it. They own it. They have the copyright on it. All these calendars and, and things that use, these cards that use these ver- other versions, they have to pay royalties to those places for using those their their words and you know what and rightfully so because it is it's their words but the word of God nobody can do that. If I if I decide I want to make you know greeting cards and I put King James verses in there, there is nobody out there that can make me pay royalties for that. You know why? Because it is God's word. It is not man's word. Those others, they can because and rightfully so because they are man's words and man's words today is not helping our churches out one bit. It's getting our, our, the doctrines today are so crazy. And listen, thank God there are people out there. I do believe people get saved in some of these churches, and, and you know you can find some truth in these places. It's a little harder to find it, but they're there. Uh, but I believe for those that are truly seeking for the truth, I, I think it's becoming more and more difficult for them to find it. However, I believe that God always finds a way. To get the word to that person. Because, I mean, think, imagine to yourself, imagine, you know, I, I tried this, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up being taught this stuff. But I, I try to ask myself all the time what if I'd never been taught anything about the Bible? And I just decided one day, I want to go to church. What church would I go to? Which one would I pick? You know, if I was like, you know, I'm going to start reading the Bible. How would I know which one to read? You go to a Christian bookstore and you ask them, hey, which Bible should I get? They're probably not going to say King James. It's probably not going to happen. I I challenge you to do it sometime. Which one do you think I should read? And you know what? Chances are that person probably hasn't even read the one they're recommending to you. It's probably the one her boss said, hey... We can make a little more money on these. You know, or we got overstock on, on the New Living Translation. You know, sell these ones. You know, we've got we've got an abundance of these Ebonics Bibles. You know, use those. You know, uh, we we got to sell some. We got to sell some of these. You know, I, who who knows what they're going to tell you? But I mean, and here's the thing: I was thinking about how would you even know that you need Church of the Bible? How would you know that? And really, the answer is there's no way for anyone to know any of these things. Without really three things. And that is the Word of God. How do we know sin? By the law. How do we know there's a heaven and hell? By the Word of God. How do we know about Jesus Christ? By the Word of God. Well, what directs us to the Word of God? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's the one that draws people to God. And He uses His Word. But also, not only do we need the Word of God, not only do we need the Holy Spirit, but we also have to have a messenger. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How can people believe in the Lord Jesus Christ if they never heard His name? How can they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ if they've heard His name but they've never been told you have to believe to be saved? And it says, ah, "How they believe in him whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? How, how and how shall they preach, except they be sent?" As it is written, "How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things." Let me tell you, the Bible it it proves what's right and it proves what's wrong. If I took my shoes and socks off right now and I showed you my feet, you'd say those are ugly feet. But you know what? You're wrong. I'm preaching the gospel right now, and the Bible says how beautiful are the feet. I've got beautiful feet, whether you believe it or and you believe it or not, right? Word of God says so. But you see what I saying? Basically, what saying? That that's a beautiful thing that's being done when you're telling people, when you're proclaiming the word of God. Because there are people out there that are looking, there are people that are searching, and two things that we as pre, as preachers and you as, as Christians uh, that are also supposed to be preaching the gospel. You don't have to do it from a pulpit. You can do it uh, in, uh, over the phone. You can do it at work and in, in your house. What you have to have, you've got to have the word of God. You have to have something that's true, something that's right. God's given us that. You've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit of God. And He uses His Word. He uses His book to convict the hearts of people and to to prove uh, what's sin and to prove what's right. And I believe today the thing that we need in churches more than ever is we just need to start asking for the old book. I think if people, if they would get back to this old book, we're going to get back to the old paths, because the old paths are in this book. We're going to start talking about heaven and hell. You know why? Because this book hasn't removed remo- heaven and hell. How many times was it? Fifty times. Ty- Fifty times heaven's removed. Twenty-two times hell's removed. It's going to come up a lot more in this book. Why? Because it's the word. It's the word of God. We would get back to the old paths if we would get back to the old book. And I challenge you: Did you ask? For the old book, when you go in, when you go into the store, Christian bookstore, you're gonna go, you're gonna buy. A book, ask for the old book. Ask for people used to call it the good book. What is that? The King James Bible. And if they try to study New King James, is the same. No, that's not it. King the King James Bible. That is the word. That is the word of God. And there's many There's many other examples. There's there's all the boring textual stuff, the history. I can share it with you but my challenge is to anyone who says this isn't it I think it's very hard to say you're a Bible believer and not believe that the word of God is available and so my question is if it's not this what is it? I believe it's in the originals we don't have any they're gone all we have are copies of copies of copies God promised he'd preserve it and God is the same yesterday, today, forever. It's impossible for God to lie. Well, I don't care what anybody else says. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let's all stand together. Heads bowed eyes closed.